directly in screen. I am Luke Patrick. And I'm Jackie Salaji. Yep. And what did we watch this week? This week we watched Carrie. Yep. Uh, from 1976? Yep. And uh, what is the... Uh, so to recap really quick, uh, in case you're joining us for the first time, Sam is out on parental leave. So Jackie and I are instead doing a podcast within a podcast where we watch uh, movies referenced in Scream. Not in any specific order. We're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants. So, Jackie, what is the relationship of Carrie and Scream? Great question. Uh, To quote Billy Loomis, again, we, as always, are spoiling the hell out of Scream. Oh, yeah. Um, Go watch Scream and listen to that episode if you haven't done either of those things. Yep. So to quote... One of the killers in Scream, uh, during the climactic reveal of him as the killer, mmm, corn syrup, same stuff they used for pig's blood in Carrie. Nice. So, yeah, the uh, it turns out in Scream that Billy faked <coughs> his death by, or at least his stabbing, uh, by using fake blood made from corn syrup, uh, which is... I assume, actually what they used in Carrie. Um, In which case, I feel really bad for Sissy Spacek because being covered in corn syrup is not comfortable. I've only had like small amounts of corn syrup blood on me and it is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I noticed in the scene when she goes home after she, a spoiler alert, kills everybody at her high school prom. uh, She's in the bathtub and she's trying to wipe it off and it's not really working. So I thought that was kind of funny because like clearly they had to like get her out of there to clean her up and then put her back. So it looks like she actually got clean because when she's like scrubbing, nothing, nothing's happening. Yeah, that's that's food coloring that just kind of sticks to your skin and sinks in and stains you red. It's not like actual blood. Yeah. Which wipes off. Mm hmm. So. Anywho, uh, what's your relationship to Carrie like? Also, first time Stephen King is literally his first debut novel. Yeah, which is wild. I mean, imagine writing like your first published novel and it immediately becomes like one of the greatest horror movie hits of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's also in the like, what's the thing where they preserve movies and media in the National Archives? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's like in there as a yeah. historic like piece of cultural relevance. Yeah, I mean, it's historically <clears throat> pretty massive. So yeah, uh, my my relationship with Carrie, um, I have talked before on this podcast about the horror film class that I took in college. We did watch Carrie as part of that. Uh, but originally, the first time I saw Carrie was before I liked horror movies. I was very easily scared at the time, and I was in probably middle school or very, very early high school. Nice. It was, yeah. 
Um, and I was at a sleepover uh, with a bunch of kids from school that I didn't know super well. I don't know how I got invited to the sleepover. And we watched Carrie. And uh, I I remember <clears throat> at the end, there's kind of a jump scare. Like, it's, <clears throat> it's the closest this movie gets to a jump scare is when, like, uh, the hand comes out of the ground at the very, very end. And just as this happened, the person whose house we were at, their dog decided to jump on all of us, like right when the hand <laughs> came up. So actually made it a very effective jump scare in yeah. that context. You had, a, what do they call it, 4D cinema? <laughs> yeah. You had like haptic exactly. feedback in your seat. Exactly. So um, that that is uh, one of my strongest memories of watching Carrie. And then we watched it again in the film class. Uh, which is why I know what a split diopter is and can, and God, that would kill you if that was your drinking game during this movie. Yeah. What um, was, so what's a split diopter for folks at home? Uh, that is, it's like a camera trick that Carrie is probably the best known example of, but it also gets used in some of the Chucky franchise. Um, it tends to be horror. And basically the idea is uh, it's where you have... <clears throat> multiple depths of field in view at the same time. So something very far away and something very close to the camera are both in focus at the same time. Uh, if I remember correctly, the way they do it is like basically splitting the lens and having half the screen or half the lens uh, at one depth and the other half at the other or like having cutting two pieces together. I don't remember uh, the actual technique, but it's really easy to spot once you know what to look for. And it's kind of jarring because you're not used to being able to see both of those depths at once. So it it can really uh, kind of change the feel of the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie uses that kind of a lot. It really does. Yeah. For even like silly stuff, like they're sitting um, Tommy Ross, who's like the quarterback handsome popular guy mm -hmm. and his girlfriend uh what's her name sue sue that's right are like sitting in sue's like living room watching tv and they have the split diopter for both of them yeah and it's like it's not like for effect it's no just, i think they just like doing it yeah i think they just got into it but but yeah i mean it's it's definitely interesting uh so yeah, that that I think this is only the third time that I've seen mm. Carrie. Uh, how about you? What's your I, relationship? Yeah, good question. I um, have never read the book. Um, I had very little exposure to it outside of the scene, mm. the like uh, the pig's blood scene, because in a screenwriting class in college, for some reason, we talked about it. Maybe that was our dip into horror. Interesting. And so we watched the pig's blood scene. So I have seen that. I don't know. I went through a period of time where I was like in my first or second year of college where I was like in my room by myself watching classic movies that I got off the internet <laughs> uh, pre-availability of renting things on the internet. If you're following me, um, you wouldn't steal a car, would you? Um, I mean. <laughs> so... Anyway, I pulled him offline where I was just watching a bunch of different classics. And Carrie was on my radar as one of those. Mm -hmm. um, but for some reason, I never got around to watching it. So instead, I watched like Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, 
Um, sure. Yeah. And then a bunch of like 20s and 30s, not 20s, like 30s and 40s films like Casablanca. Oh, cool. Thin Man. Um, yeah. So I just kind of went through a phase where I was like reading classic lit and watching classic movies. And Carrie was part of that, but I never quite made it to Carrie. So I've only before this seen the pig's blood scene and uh, a little bit of her uh, ganking everybody <laughs> in the high school. So it was cool. It was cool to see it for the first time, like actually get the context on what was going on. Yeah, there's um, a lot of context for that. Like, obviously, that is the scene that most people know. Yeah. But there's a lot of context. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it was described to me as like Carrie is this. Like, not unpopular girl, but, like, this, like, yeah, kind of, like, I think that's how it was described to me. Like, Carrie's the unpopular girl at school. She gets made prom queen as part of this prank. Um, but even, like, the details on why she's unpopular, yeah. like, the context on that gets really dark. And then um, even the down to the fact that, like, she gets made prom queen is, like, a whole... It's not just a prank. Like, there's actors involved and yeah. machinations and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, it's cool to actually get, like, the context, the real context on that. Um, yeah. So, with that in mind, talking about the plot, Jackie, do you want to break down the plot of Carrie? Sure. Uh, I think this is probably the simplest plot uh, that we've watched so far for Horror Hut. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um You've got Carrie, who is a high school girl, and she her life just kind of sucks. Um, Big time. Yeah. She is basically being abused by everyone she meets. Uh, so we start by seeing her in gym class, uh, getting made fun of by the other girls in her class, and then she, in the shower of the locker room gets her period for the first time and freaks out because she does not know what the blood is or where it's coming from. And she thinks she's dying. And all of the other girls in the locker room start making fun of her and screaming at her and throwing tampons at her and shouting, plug it up. And basically just being really mean and like having her crying in a corner um, until the gym teacher comes in yells at everyone, kind of figures out what's going on, um, and comforts her. And uh, this just sort of sets up the pattern of everyone being mean to Carrie for no fucking reason. Um, so this poor girl is just abused. And it turns out that she did not know what her period was because her mother is a religious fanatic that... And then some. <laughs> yeah. So when we see her come home, the mom, like, punishes her for getting her period because she is convinced that if she were without sin, then the blood would not come. Because that's how that works. Yeah, it's a really distressing scene. Yeah. Uh, so she gets locked in a closet with, like, this creepy figurine thing with arrows in him i always thought it was supposed to be jesus but apparently it's supposed to be saint sebastian yeah it beats me yeah i don't know but she's like locked in a tiny dark space with nothing but a candlelit figure of a die a guy who's dying horribly so like it's it's really nasty um so yeah uh, at least some of the reason that she is treated like shit by everyone at school seems to be that uh, they know that her mom is a religious nut 
Um, and that has destroyed Carrie's self-esteem, social skills, and pretty much everything else about her ability to, like, make her way in the world. Uh, so she's abused at home. She's abused at school. We have a teacher just mocking her in class at one point. Yeah. For, like, no reason. Um, it's pretty awful. Uh, but throughout this, we start to get hints that she is inexplicably, it's never explained, developing telekinesis. Uh, Because when she is particularly stressed, we see things start to move. We see a light bulb explode. We see an ashtray kind of quiver at one point. Um, And she clearly clocks this as a thing that she's doing. This isn't like, this is happening around me. It's like she recognizes that she's causing it. Yeah. Um, So... Meanwhile, uh, the girls in the gym class that were assholes to her get detention and get punished by the gym teacher. Uh, And one of them, the like mean girl, popular bitch stereotype girl, is fighting the gym teacher on this and basically gets uh, forbidden from going to prom and she plots revenge against Carrie. Because, yeah, the girl that you made fun of, that's that's whose fault all of this is. Um, so we we get a buildup of, uh, like, different plot lines. We've got Carrie developing telekinesis and dealing with her abusive mom. We've got Mean Girl at school plotting revenge against Carrie for her own consequences of her own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have another girl that was making fun of her in gym, Sue, who clearly feels really bad about it. Like she regrets what she did and she sees how much she's hurt Carrie and wants to make it up to her. Uh, and she's the one dating Tommy, the aforementioned cute quarterback boy. Who also writes poetry that's like kind of, it it slaps. He says later that he didn't write it. Oh, okay. So I don't know who wrote it. But, but yeah. But yeah, um... So he, yeah, because the scene where the teacher randomly makes fun of Carrie was uh, he read this poem by Tommy out loud to class and said, does anyone have a critique? And Carrie said, it's beautiful. And he like makes fun of her for saying that. Which, yeah. Like, just, everyone's why? a dick to Carrie. For, yeah. <laughs> like the principal calls her Cassie. Yeah. Refuses to learn her name. Like. Even though multiple people, Carrie and the gym teacher tell him. Over and over it's again. Carrie. It's Carrie. Within the space of like several minutes. Yeah. He get, anyway. Yep. Um. Yeah. Everyone. It, like even randos on the street like yeah start yelling things at her it's really weird um but yeah so she's uh sue the girl who feels really bad about it is dating tommy the boy whose poem carrie liked uh and asks him in order to try to make this up to carrie to ask carrie to the prom um and she's willing to not go to prom because apparently you're not allowed to go to prom without a date that's a thing I I don't understand. Mm. My high school, okay, my high school wasn't typical, but like you could go to prom however you wanted to go to prom. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. I didn't I didn't go to my senior prom. I didn't. It didn't do it. So don't know. Yeah, 
we are not the people to ask about the normal prom experience, clearly. It's kind of cool this didn't come up during prom night that we didn't talk about the fact that... That's true, yeah. We did, neither of us really did the prom thing, so... Yeah, I did. I went. It just... My high school is very, very small, private Quaker school, so it's not typical as far as that kind of experience goes. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, so Tommy asks Carrie to the prom. Carrie is suspicious, thinks that this might be a setup for some kind of prank. Uh, but it's not. It's like Tommy and Sue like seem to really want Carrie to have like a normal prom experience. He does not say that Sue put him up to it. He tells Carrie that it's because you liked my poem, which like is actually really cute. Like it clearly, yeah. uh, connects with her and he seems to actually like her and yeah like as the night goes on to jump ahead just slightly yeah like when they go to prom like he seems really sweet to her and yeah genuinely like he's getting to know her and he likes her and so tommy and sue can hang yeah i think they're great um meanwhile we've got chris the popular mean girl and her boyfriend, uh, who is played by John Travolta. Johnny T over here. And their their relationship is interesting. Uh, far less healthy than Tommy and Sue. They seem to, I don't know, kind of hate each other. <laughs> yeah, they have this whole like, like greaser it's weird because he's kind of played off as like this greaser bumpkin redneck kind of guy yeah and she's like the mega popular girl but i guess he's older so maybe that's something maybe um anyway but yeah they're they're like straight up abusive to each other he like slaps her a couple times yep she keeps calling him a dumb shit and like repeatedly and he keeps telling her stop calling me that like yeah they're they have a weird psychosexual toxic relationship going on yeah definitely um so they are plotting against carrie carrie's paranoia about a prank is not uh unjustified it's just misdirected because tommy and sue are not the ones after her uh but she does come around and accept tommy's invitation um but yeah so we cut back and forth between that plot line and the Chris and I don't remember John Travolta's name, so I'm going to call him John Travolta. <laughs> hey, welcome to Hanksy Panksy, folks. <laughs> yep, that's how we do it. So they're plotting a prank that makes no sense to me. Um, it's so elaborate, and they go to such bizarre lengths to do this prank, and I, it just feels weird but the pig's blood prank has always struck me as weird because they actually like break into a slaughterhouse and kill a pig to get the blood it seems like there's so many easier ways to get that job done like maybe go to a butcher yeah and also i guess is the blood supposed to just traumatize carrie by reminding her of her period is that the, the goal or did they just for some reason decide that dumping blood on someone at prom makes sense i don't know i guess it's like a reference to her period i guess and so they're because yeah they're trying to but then nobody else post post period incident nobody else references this no so i guess maybe in the book it's like more heavily like tied to her it's like she's the period girl which is weird maybe i don't know because 
I don't know. Maybe Stephen King just thought like this is a, a normal prank that kids pull is dumping blood on each other. Yeah, I mean, like it's not a biohazard or anything. <laughs> uh, it was freshly harvested. It's probably good for a little while. I mean, biohazards are bi- true. like biohazards are just biohazards. We don't know yeah. what the pig had. Like, yeah, they're not making on. blood sausage or something. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, they literally break into a slaughterhouse, kill a pig with an axe in order to get a bucket of pig's blood, and then set it up so that they it, there's a rope that they can pull so that it will drop on the stage over the prom queen, and then they like plant friends in the prom committee so that they can rig the prom election mm-hmm. to make Carrie and Tommy win queen and king of the prom. Like this is such an elaborate prank and involves so many people and so much like physical danger and illegal activity. And it's all to just, I guess, embarrass someone, but like, I feel like there are other ways you could embarrass someone, but then there's the prank and prom night where their whole prank is to just, replace someone <laughs> just knock out whatever his face was nick i don't know teenagers are <laughs> bad at pranks i guess yeah um so yeah we've got we've got the build-up to prom uh we have carrie's mom being crazy abusive religious nut and, and trying to stop carrie from going to prom and carrie makes her own prom dress because obviously her mom is not going to help with that process um But Carrie does, in order to, like, force her mom to let her go to prom, she does reveal her telekinesis to her mom. Which I thought was really cool on her mom's part because um, Carrie basically slams all the doors and windows shut with her mind. And her mom clocks this immediately. Yeah. And is like, oh, it's Satan. It's Satan. Like, but she gets the powers that, like, there's no, like, what was that? It's just like, you have mind powers. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so so her mom becomes convinced that Satan is working through her, uh, which that's fun. Uh, sure, that'll be great for Carrie's psyche right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carrie does say, like, no, that's not what's happening. This is just me. I have a power, which good for Carrie. She's like starting to build a backbone. It's great. And you're like hopeful because she's she's starting to get a social life and she's starting to like learn to stand up for herself and it's things will go great i'm sure yeah everything's gonna work out just fine yep uh so she makes herself a dress she accepts the invitation to prom she goes to prom she has a great fucking time tommy is really sweet to her other people seem like actually pretty chill and welcoming and like like compliment her dress and uh, the gym teacher is really excited to see, like, things actually looking up for Carrie. Everything is going great. And then we've got uh, Mean Girl and John Travolta hiding under the stage with the rope leading to the bucket, plotting to just be mean for no reason. And then uh, then we get the scene that is most famous. Carrie and Tommy win Queen and King of the Prom. They get brought up to stage they hand her a bouquet, they crown her, everything is going great, she looks delighted, everyone is happy. 
everyone is clapping for like a really really long time like a long time there is so much build up to dropping the bucket of blood uh we see sue has snuck into the prom in the back just to see this and um there's it's so long of clapping and sue figures out the prank that's coming she sees the rope and she clocks that uh chris is planning this prank she tries to stop it the gym teacher sees Sue, thinks that Sue is behind the prank. There's a lot of like slow motion uh, mistaken identity kind of bits in this. Everyone applauding for 20 minutes yeah. thing. And then uh, Chris pulls the line. The bucket of blood drops. Uh, Carrie gets drenched in blood. Uh, and what's oh, shit? What's his name? Ross. Hmm? Uh, it's flown from my brain. Tommy. Tommy, thank you. <laughs> Tommy Ross. <laughs> Tommy um says he he like we can't hear him because it's inaudible. It's a really cool scene because when the bucket drops, you only hear the sound of the bucket swing. Yeah, that was it, really cool. Everything else is inaudible, but he does very visibly go, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, and then we get like this. It's interesting because it's kind of ambiguous uh, whether people start laughing at Carrie for this or if it's just in Carrie's head. I, I interpret it as in Carrie's head. Hmm, uh, interesting. But I, there's at least one person who is actually laughing, but that's someone who is in on the prank. Yeah. Um, but then everyone else looks kind of confused and horrified. Uh, and then we see, we hear... Carrie's mom's voice in her head going, they're all going to laugh at you over and over and over again. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. And then she starts seeing people laughing at her, um, which is just weird to me because I, if I saw someone get a bunch of blood dumped on them on stage, I don't care how much I irrationally hate this person. This would not be funny. To it's me. not, it's not a hilarious prank. No, it's a, it's a real mean one. I'd be confused. Mm -hmm. I'd be concerned. I feel like humor is not my interpretation of the situation. But uh, it is, I guess, a classic teenage nightmare to just have everyone laugh at you for something horrible happening to you. So um, this may or may not actually happen, but Carrie definitely experiences it. Um, and she gets real pissed and has superpowers. So this... Does not end well for anyone. No. Um, I think my favorite bit of this, she slams all of the doors so no one can leave. Yeah, she turns it into a lock-in. Yeah, so Sue gets shoved out of the gym by the gym teacher before Carrie starts using her powers. And, Lucky break. Yep. And John Travolta and Mean Girl manage to slip out before this. But everyone else gets locked in the gym. Uh, my favorite bit is when Carrie looks up at the lights and does something to the lights so that the lights all turn red. Mm -hmm. I, I just appreciate that she takes a moment to fix the aesthetic. Uh, yeah. So the rest of the scene is in red lighting. Um, she is drenched in blood and she unwinds the fire hose and just starts telekinetically going after people with the fire hose. And people are running and screaming and getting hit by the water. And it's just kind of funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then the fire hose hits like the lighting system and the microphone system, all the electrical stuff and start a fire. 
And then the fire spread super quickly. Yeah, you pointed out it's unclear if Carrie is controlling the fire, but it kind of seems like she is because she actually like walks out of the building yeah. unscathed. So The fire spreads like as she's walking in a yeah. way that could just be for the aesthetic, but could also be deliberate on I th- her part. I think it's just a lack of ability to control that with special effects. Yeah. Is probably what happened because, yeah, I think it's pretty heavily implied that Carrie is controlling the blaze yeah so anyway everyone dies except uh the people who'd gotten out and carrie who just walks out locks everyone in lets them die it's great i mean at this point like it's just satisfying yeah even the gym teacher at least in her head as you're pointing out but i take it pretty literally i think they were laughing at her um either way however you interpret it even the gym teacher is laughing at her yeah that's the part that made me think it was in carrie's head because the gym teacher it would be wildly out of character to me for the gym teacher to start laughing at this point true like the gym teacher has confided in other characters that carrie annoys her um but again it's just a weird reaction to something happening to someone who annoys you. No yeah. matter like if you're a good person, if you're a bad person, it's it's just a weird the laughter is weird. Yeah. In my head, I'm imagining what if someone dumped a big old bucket of pig's blood on Ron DeSantis? Mm-hmm. I would I don't think I would any part of my body would be like I it's not a gut buster. No. You'd just be like, nice. I would be like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, you Get got him. <laughs> it's not very it's just not funny. No, it's it's really not. So, yeah, that is a good comparison, though, because yeah, I someone... feel like that is the closest I would get to finding it funny. Yeah. But even then, I would only find it funny because it'd be a reference to Carrie. True. That's a good point. Yeah. Because it's not a normal thing to do as a <laughs> prank. It really isn't. Um, I actually have seen fake blood dumped on someone uh on stage before unexpectedly and again not funny it was very interesting i can tell that story in a bit but let me finish the plot first yeah um so uh carrie leaves she starts walking home just drenched in blood uh and the uh mean girl and john travolta are in a car and they see carrie and decide to try to run her over yeah Um, just to do a little murder yeah which I guess they did just kind of see her massacre a bunch of people in the gym because they were watching through the window. But, like, yeah. it's still a weird reaction. Um, I would be getting away, personally, but whatever. But Carrie... they're not the brightest. No, so. <laughs> clearly not. Uh, <laughs> Carrie clocks them and explodes their car. Which is the second movie in a row after Prom Night yep. where a car randomly bursts into flames. <laughs> but as you pointed out, there's like a supernatural yeah. explain. It's not slick in his van. No, going... but it is yeah. It is remarkably similar aesthetically to Slick in his van. <laughs> yeah, driving off a cliff and then five feet after the cliff bursting into flames. Yeah, it's not yep. quite that bad, but it is still a car bursting into flames for kind of no reason. Yeah, well, it looks like she makes the car roll, but the car kind of catches fire while it's mid-air during the roll. So, like, if she didn't deliberately set it on fire, it is kind of silly for it to have ca- caught fire in that moment. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But, and then it explodes. The explosion, I think, they cut back to Carrie's eye. So I think it is, we are meant to be seeing Carrie as exploding the car. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so she kills them, uh, which is cool. And she heads home. 
uh, and start starts trying to wash off the blood in the bath and crying. Uh, and we see her mom has filled the house with way too many candles. So many fire hazards. Yeah. Um, and then uh, is like hiding behind a door all creepily. And then when Carrie like gets cleaned up and comes out in a nightgown, she starts looking for her mom and her mom like goes on this weird tirade about the conception of Carrie and then stabs Carrie in the back. Yeah. And is, she's just, she's nuts. She's over the top. Uh, Apparently the actress was like, thought she was in a dark comedy. So she went really overboard. Um, But yeah, I pointed out that um, in my head, you could swap her out with uh, Moira Rose yes. from Shit's Creek. Because, like, in that speech when she's, like, it's just very Moira Rose. Like, if she, what was that monologue I delivered in that horror film? Yeah. And then he took me with the whiskey breath and I liked it. Yep. Just, you can imagine David being off in the side of the shot being like, oh, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's exactly that level of over the top it's so over the top yeah yeah um so then she stabs her daughter because yeah um and then carrie sees her mom coming at her with the knife again and in self-defense starts throwing kitchen knives into her mother and pins her to a couple of the walls and she ends up dying in the pose of the creepy Saint Sebastian figurine from earlier. Yep. Uh, with all of these stab wounds. And then and then Carrie clearly like freaks out a bit because she just murdered her mother. Yep. I mean, justifiably and in self-defense. So but, but she still murdered her yeah. mom. Um, so she starts crying and holding her mom and then Brings the house down on herself. Yeah, uh, like implodes and catches fire. Yeah. <coughs> um, so at, at the, and then we get this little coda where everyone, every character is dead except Sue and Sue's mom. And we get uh, Sue has a nightmare where she goes to the like wreckage of Carrie's house which is kind of set up like a grave to put flowers on this grave. And then a bloody hand comes out and grabs her. Yeah. And she wakes up screaming and her mom tries to comfort her. And that's the end of the movie. Roll credits. Fiend. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so all that to say, what'd you think of Carrie? I like it. It's a classic. Uh, it's, it's interesting to watch like right after prom night i think juxtaposing it with prom night was really interesting because we kept comparing the two yeah i mean wildly different plots like the what's actually happening in the movies is drastically different but the setting is identical because we've got like the build-up to and the night of prom um and also have some attempts at terrible pranks um yeah so there's there are a lot of parallels uh but they're they're pretty drastically different movies so yeah i like carrie i think it's i think it's really good i think there's a lot of kind of artsy uh 
camera work and filmmaking decisions that I just, they kind of take me out of it sometimes. Um, I think that's my only like issue with it, which is not a, um, it's not a quality issue. It's just a personal issue. It's not necessarily how I would do it if I were making a movie like this. Um, But I think it, it's doing some really cool things and I think it holds up really well from the seventies. Yeah, it does. Cause we were talking about how I mentioned last time with prom night, how it has kind of a glacial pace. Yeah, it does. It moves really slowly. And as you pointed out, everybody looks the same. Yep. So it's really hard to tell who's doing what. There's so many characters in prom night. There's so many characters in prom night. Everybody's a suspect. <laughs> uh, except they aren't <laughs> with prom night. Because only, like, two people have motive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in comparison, Carrie moves. Carrie does move, yeah. It, it does a lot pretty quickly. I mean, it's only an hour and a half. All of these movies are going to be an hour and a half for the most part. That's great. Which is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, it moves uh, a lot quicker. And Prom Night came out later than this movie. Yeah, but four like, years later. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Um Everything, and you can tell people apart. You can tell people apart. Everyone is very distinctive. Even just like the wardrobe choices help that. Because mm-hmm. like talking about the friend that uh, helps rig the prom night election, mm-hmm. the prom king and queen election, the prom committee stuff. Like she wears a distinctive hat the whole time. Yep. Um, and yeah, everyone's got different hair. Tommy is really distinctive. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just. It's a better movie, I think, overall. I agree, yeah. Um, I think it's a better movie. It's also, like, it is kind of hard to separate this movie from, like, the the historical impact it's had on the horror genre, which is kind of how I feel about Psycho. Yeah. Where it's like, this is a classic that has been homaged and mimicked and referenced for so long that it's kind of hard to actually take it on its own merits completely yeah um but i think it holds up really well when i try to take it on its own merits so yeah it's a good movie yeah um one thing i was going to say that has flown my skull oh yeah okay so we briefly talked about this and i want to talk about it more in the podcast which is is this horror? Which is a segment that uh, sounds snooty, but we've talked about it in a couple other episodes. I think in Psycho we talked about it. About yeah. how we're not snobs about this. Uh, we're just trying to suss out like what makes horror, you know, horror and what makes it so yeah. cool. So you pointed out that uh, some people apparently don't think Carrie is horror. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. One person has had commented that I've read. Uh, at least i don't know if he's changed his mind on this but stephen king did not consider this horror uh which i find fascinating like i don't plot wise girl is made fun of girl gets telekinesis prank gets played on girl girl kills everyone that doesn't 
that doesn't have to be horror. That could no. be like a weird Mean Girls movie that, or like Heather's. Yeah, um, yeah, or like a supernatural thriller. Yeah, uh, Heather's is interesting. Could be Heather's with a supernatural component, and Heather's is not a horror movie. Heather's is not, but it could be. It is could, the weird thing about I Heather's. would watch a horror version of Heather's. I would watch the hell out of. That. Yeah, you just change the aesthetic a little bit. And yeah, Heather's is kind of a horror movie. Uh, listeners, go watch Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> Heather's is a great movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like the plot does not automatically make Carrie a horror movie, but the aesthetic choices and the the vibe is very horror. Like the you've got someone completely drenched in blood running around killing people. There's the music, the lighting, like there's just a lot of choices that are invoking the feeling of a horror movie. Yeah. So I feel like it it feels pretty clear cut horror, but that is not helping us in defining what makes something horror because it's no. not the story, uh, which I find really interesting because this is like this is. I guess you could call it a revenge movie. Uh, which is why the Heather's comparison comes to mind because For it's sure. like revenge against the popular kids. Um, Heather's, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Heather's, the premise is that uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater start knocking off the popular kids and making them look like suicides. It's a very dark comedy, like really, really dark. Uh, Great movie, though. Yeah, from the 80s. It's very 80s. Um, but yeah, like it is. I'll, I'll say this about Carrie. Because we talked, uh, I think in the Psycho episode about how like the difference between horror and elevated horror is like mostly people's opinion. Yeah. Of like. It's, these... it's do people who think they're above horror right. also like it. <laughs> yeah, they're above genre fiction. But like, like take Get Out. The premise of Get Out mm-hmm. is... <laughs> excuse me just a schlocky b movie <laughs> when yeah. you think about it like you know uh people in the hamptons or wherever taking other uh, uh you know african-american people's brains yeah like that's um, or bodies and putting in their brains is like uh kind of a schlocky b movie yeah. but it's it's in the execution that makes it one of the best movies ever made yes but i think central to horror is this idea that like you have a gimmick like there's something, uh, you know, the, the premise can be kind of gimmicky mm-hmm. um, and it drives everything else about the movie. And I think Carrie fits into that really well, because like you said, like telekinetic girl has revenge plot. Yeah. Um, everybody else like it's it's it sounds like a horror movie when you just say the the piece, uh, the gimmick or shit was the other example I was going to say hereditary mm. like spoilers for hereditary. Like, demon-worshipping mom uh, slowly indoctrinates uh, daughter, <laughs> horrible buffet falls daughter, hell breaks loose. Like Yeah, you know, there's, there's uh, demon-worshipping cultists, there's demonic possession. I mean, that's a plot line that, like, I don't think there's a way to make hereditary that isn't horror. No, yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like at, at its core, it's got like a central thread. Sure. That just sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like genre fiction and fits really nicely into the horror pantheon. Hundred percent. 
Yeah, so definitely not disputing that Hereditary... Hereditary is a horror movie and a really fucking creepy one. Yes. So if you're looking to get spooked and you haven't seen it, uh, yeah, go watch uh, Genuinely terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. God, that movie fucked me up. Um, okay, other important question because we're 40, almost 45 minutes in and we haven't talked about it, which is, Jaggy, did we see boobs? Yes, we did. Right away? Immediately. We got multiple full frontal girls in the locker room, like is... in the opening scene, including Carrie. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we didn't get full frontal on Carrie, I don't think, because her legs were positioned right. to block some things, but we saw tits very much so. Or, I'm sorry, what are we calling them? Dirty pillows yeah. is how they referenced in the movie. Her mom calls them dirty pillows. I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone <laughs> will. Uh, yeah, there's so many problems with that. Uh, but yeah, no, we we see... And again, I'm sitting there like, this was not my high school experience. My middle and high school locker rooms were like, you got really good at putting your bra on under your shirt because like sometimes people would let themselves be naked for a second but it was there was no frolicking around with nothing on yeah like it was weird i think it's it's also just and the reason we if you're joining for the first time the reason i'm bringing this up is because this era of horror movies is like famous for gratuitous nudity and i think this one takes the cake because again it's immediate, like yeah. in the opening credits. Um, yeah, and it, I guess, because there is kind of the scream uh, approach. In Scream, they talk about showing boobs, which is part of why we are talking about this. Um, they also, it's not specifically listed as one of the rules that will get you killed, but sex is. Yes. Having sex. Randy says, yes. if you have sex, you will die. Um, and they're kind of implied to be equivalent. So, because Randy says that you don't see Jamie Lee Curtis's breasts until uh, trading places. And because she was always the virgin in horror movies, which meant that she survived and she didn't show her breasts. Um, so I will say we saw boobs and the people with the boobs died. Yeah, they all died. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's out of the way. I, I don't think we saw Suze, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. The one survivor. Man, that's a good point. We did not... Yeah, the final... And, man, she is the final girl. I just realized that, like... Yeah, because she's, like, a half-decent person and survived. Yeah. That's, like, it. <laughs> There's, she doesn't, she doesn't like, overcome much of anything. She doesn't yeah. stop the bad guy. She just... She just survives. Yeah. Um, but she does survive because of trying to do a good thing because she would have been at prom had she not tried to help Carrie. Yeah. So uh, there's that. But like poor Tommy died. Tommy gets hit in the head by the bucket and passes out, which is like super bad for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he kind of just, he, man, poor which Tommy. Which is another reason that people just standing there laughing felt. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Tommy just got hit, like and is down. the The popular kid that everyone likes just got knocked unconscious by an object falling on his head. That is not a moment for levity. No, that man needs some medical attention. 
Um, yeah, so anyway, gratuitous nudity, check. Yes. Um, shit, what else do you want to say about Carrie? Wait, hang on, back up. What? Root? You mentioned getting, seeing someone drenched in blood on a stage. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, so there's this thing called Sleep No More. Mm. And uh, it is very hard to explain. It's a play. It's like interactive theater. Um, and it's Macbeth. And I've been several times. Uh, it's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And I would recommend everyone do it except that they're ending in February. So yeah. that time is running out. If you can get tickets and make it up to New York City. Sleep No More is incredible. Yeah. Uh, but what they one of the things that they do is sometimes for holidays they would have a themed party after the show and if you got tickets to this party they they are the most wild and incredible parties i have ever been to um the first one i ever went to was a mayday party and you had to everyone was required to wear white you weren't allowed in if you weren't wearing white and uh so you did the show and then afterwards they it's like in this hotel uh it's sleep no more is very hard to explain yeah and i don't want to go super into it uh but after the show ended they led everyone down into the basement where they had laid down live sod and set up a maypole and had a stage up front and they had like traditional dancers come out and do a maypole performance while we were all sitting on haystacks around the side. This was it was so freaking cool. And then they had an election for the May King and Queen, which was mostly based on like how crazy people were dressed. Um, so we had because a lot of people got decked out for this. They weren't just wearing white, but they were wearing white with like pagan looking flowers and bones and horns and stuff incorporated into their outfits so they were doing like one of those applause based elections uh where they brought up some sure. candidates and then the, the uh hallmark of democracy yes yeah uh so we elected the may king and queen they were on stage um and throughout <clears throat> this whole thing we had like these kind of i don't know old timey uh pagan sounding musicians um up front playing music and then uh we elected these people and someone some people came up behind them pulled all of their clothes off dumped blood on their heads and then the king and queen who by this point we figured out were plants but we did not know that until all this happened. <laughs> I was going to um, say, consent, maybe? Yeah. Um, and then they started dancing, and a DJ kicked in, and basically the rest of the night was like a rave, but on sod. Yeah. It was the coolest thing. Um, but again, not funny. Like, having no. someone get d blood dumped on them on the stage was, like, mind-blowing. It yeah. was bizarre it was out of nowhere i felt transported into some kind of pagan ritual i was gonna say very like pagan cool not yeah. like haha john mulaney just said a funny thing no exactly yeah i'm not <laughs> sitting there going haha stupid may king and queen got blood dumped. got blooded like what so yeah uh very different experience of a technically similar oh very similar thing. Yeah, I'd but, say that was just like pagan prom. 
Yeah, honestly, like the Carrie connection did not even occur to me in that moment. I was just like, what is happening? What, is, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that's so. amazing. Uh, and to reiterate, yeah, Sleep No More, uh, fantastic. If you yeah. can get in and do it, uh, like Jackie said, they're ending in February. So your opportunity is kind of going away. But uh, if you can get up to New York, it's a wild-ass experience and one of the coolest things I've ever done. So it is very, very This cool. episode brought to you by the McKittrick Hotel and Sleep No More. Yes. Um, yeah, first. They don't know it. But- <laughs> yeah, and they've given us no money. Uh, maybe they'll send us a check. Uh, yeah, do you have anything else you really want to say about Carrie? Uh, I think I wouldn't mind talking a little more about, like, the, the, uh, whether it was in her head or not. Um, yeah, okay. Bit, I think, I, I keep coming back to the, like, why would you laugh at this and the being out of character for certain characters to be laughing at it right um but there was also a lot of like there's a sudden switch from we see everyone being horrified and serious and reacting normally to uh hearing they're all gonna laugh at you and then people start laughing true um and there's like this weird uh i don't know how to describe it uh but like there's like a three lenses kind of looking like a bug eyes view of things super 70s kind of yeah spinning around i don't oh, know oh how... speaking of really quick oh yeah we gotta talk about that spinning uh, folks i haven't done this in a while but if longtime listeners will know this bit and it is nausea report with luke patrick yeah <laughs> yes. give us the nausea report famously i cannot handle spinning things at all my inner ear is unhappy with spinning things i get dizzy very easily and very nauseous and boy, howdy, did Carrie uh, hit me where I live. Because there's a scene where Tommy and Carrie are dancing. And they are spinning. The camera is spinning around them. And it goes on for, what do you reckon, four minutes? At least. And it speeds up throughout this whole thing. And it speeds up. So I could not watch it. Uh, yeah. So I did watch the whole movie. Minus. Yeah, you, you had your hand up blocking the screen. Yeah. First, out of self-defense, which was entirely reasonable. <laughs> they... I mean, they were having like a sweet conversation and getting to know each other, and it was a really cute scene, and it was making me dizzy. Yeah, uh, I don't get dizzy super easily, um, and it was like a weird angle from the camera was like looking up at them. Yeah, and spinning. Yeah, not since Philadelphia have I had such a bad time. Which that one was dancing as well. So. Hmm. Spinning, dancing, camera work. Guys, just stop it. Stop doing it. <laughs> so if I could go back, if I had a time machine, I'd go back to the film set of Carrie in 1976. Stop and Brian De Palma. Stop from... Brian De Palma from doing this insane thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like that kind of goes in with what I was just talking about with like, there are some weird camera choices <laughs> and filmmaking choices that were like more artsy than... I, I always, Brian De Palma is the director of this movie. And I always knew that name as like an auteur director, but I also specifically knew it as the director of Carrie. Yeah. So I was like, I know he's like a big time director. What else is he known for while we were watching this movie? And I looked him up on IMDb. And the two that jumped out at me are Mission Impossible and Scarface. Yeah. Which do not have this vibe. No. At all. <laughs> 
Uh, so For I, sure. I just feel like it's worth noting that I was surprised by that. And that is not like I was expecting things that were super uh, played with POV and split diopter and interesting camera tricks. But then it was like classic action movies. And I don't know. That's and Scarface. Scarface, <laughs> which I've whatever it is, I haven't seen it in forever. But like, I I don't remember anything Carrie like about it. Maybe it was. I don't know. It's been so long. Yeah. Um. Maybe we should watch Scarface at some point and find out. But yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Just thought that was worth noting. It was interesting. But yeah, I think you've sold me on the fact that it was in her head because I was going to say that at no other point in the movie are we inside her own, like her narrative, like inside her own head. Yeah. But you raise the very valid point that by that point in the movie, we are in her head explicitly because we're hearing the things that are she's hearing in her head. We're hearing her mom's voice. We're hearing her mom's voice. We're hearing a bunch of other people's voices. Yeah. Um. And we, yeah, we kind of do get that weird 70s kaleidoscope kind of. Kaleidoscope, thank you. Um, yeah, classic 70s toy. Man, wasn't a lot to do in the 70s, huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, we get that sort of kaleidoscope lens trick. And so, yeah, I kind of think you're right. I think we're in Carrie's head by that point. Yeah, I don't, I, I think I was reading some stuff about this movie uh, last night, and I think that is very explicitly not the case in the book Mm. um which is interesting as well but i i feel like in the movie that was my interpretation of it so which makes it more tragic i think because if everyone is actually laughing at her then i'm like yeah kill them yeah (laughs) like fuck fuck those people like if your reaction to someone who's been abused and you you know they've been abused is getting a really mean prank and biohazard dumped on them like is to just laugh and especially when this other guy has just been hit on the head (laughs) and you're just like haha like yeah i mean it it coincides with her going into her head so i think you're right but also i kind of read it as like they didn't really start laughing until tommy gets his noggin smacked (laughs) Which is even funnier, like, or even weirder. Yeah. Because, like, what yeah. What a weird, because like, that's someone they like. Yeah, that's the fucking quarterback, and he just gets smacked, and they all start laughing. I guess slapstick is eternal. Um. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> just the weirdest slapstick, because there's nothing funny about it. It's no. It's just, yeah. yeah. So, I, but yeah, if it's that much more tragic because she thinks they're being crueler to her than they actually are, because there's, there are some people there that are actually responsible for this uh, humiliation and right. that you, you are rooting for them to die. Yeah. Uh, but by that point, the main culprits have gotten out. So mm-hmm. it's mostly people who are like bystanders and people who actively tried to help her. Yeah. Uh, that get get got in the gym uh with the exception being the teacher that mocked her for liking a poem yeah fuck that that guy guy. (laughs) (laughs) he died horribly he like burned to death over several sec like we we get to watch that one yeah favorite kill for sure oh yeah we didn't do favorite kill yeah is that your favorite kill no the car i think Uh, the car car catching fires is really good is my favorite kill how about you 
Um, that's a great question. I think it is guy getting electrocuted. Yeah. Or possibly, it's unclear. It kind of seems like the fire hose kills some people. Yeah. So if that is in fact counted as a kill, I'm going to say the fire hose because that was fucking Just hilarious. Getting hit by the water. Which I will grant has been used like in horrible ways in the past. Like, don't get me wrong, getting hit by a fire hose fucking sucks. Yes. Uh, but in this context, <laughs> it's just like whipping around, spraying people, uh, apparently does enough damage to potentially kill some people. Yeah. Cause they just sort of flop over unconscious from being smacked in the, in the body, uh, in the corpus by a fire hose. So that's going to be my favorite kill. Yeah. I'm trying to think now we've got a bunch of people at the prom. Like you're just having a normal prom. You're, you're at the dance. With your significant other, and the prom king and queen is elected. The queen is someone that, like, you're only vaguely aware of being at your school, mm-hmm. uh, but always seemed shy. And so you're like, oh, that's nice. And then she gets a bucket of blood dumped on her. Yeah. The prom king gets knocked out by a bucket. All of the lighting turns red. And then the fire hose, all the doors <laughs> slam. The fire hose whips out of the wall and starts spraying everybody. I don't know that I would interpret this as like, oh, the there was a prank and then this is revenge for the prank. I would just be like, things got weird. Things got so weird. Real suddenly. And then I died. <laughs> and I died for no apparent reason. Imagine showing up at the proverbial pearly gates and then being like, what happened to you? And be like, I have no idea. It was weird, man. <laughs> there is a fire hose. There is some blood. I don't know. Like, I would probably think that the blood came from something happening to someone. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. So, anyway, chaos, but... Chaos ensues. It's fun to watch on screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us today, folks. Uh, I am so sorry. I've been, like, completely forgetting to do the back matter on this podcast. Um, Since we started doing Horror Huts, I'm going to do that right now. You can find us on the socials. Uh, we're on Facebook at, I believe, Hanksy Pinksy Pod. Sorry, Sam usually does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, Hanksy Pinksy Pod. Blue Sky at Hanksy Pinksy, I think. Um, we don't do tr- Twitter anymore because Elon Musk uh, keeps jars full of his own farts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. and It is true. And uh, we have a Patreon uh, where if you check us a little bit of money, we have a ton of content, so I'm just going to say this. I know this is a little different. Different people, we're doing a different thing. If you want some of that classic Luke and Sam hijinks, uh, we have like a disturbing amount of content on our Patreon. So if you're if you're jonesing for a little of that uh, before the birth of the wee baby Keanu action, go check out <laughs> patreon.com slash uh, if you give us enough money, you can be one of Hanks' heroes. I'm so sorry I forgot to shout you guys out the last couple episodes. That would be Tuck and Daniel. Absolute legends. Can't uh, thank you enough for your support. So just going to give you a little extra love on this one. Guys, uh, I would take you both to prom. Nice. Yeah, we would be a really adorable little thruple. We'd all get elected joints prom kings. And no one would pull any really dumb prom pranks no it would just be a great night so thanks tuck and daniel for your support uh and if you want to join their ranks uh, again patreon.com slash hanksy panksy so uh 
that's kind of it. Uh, Jackie, what are we watching next week? Great question. Uh, we are going to go for another high priority one that is heavily referenced in Scream. Halloween. Back to Jamie Lee Curtis. Back to Jamie Lee Curtis. Back to where we belong. Hanging out with <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Luke, do you have a final quote? I do. It's said by John Travolta when a guy throws him a beer while they're driving down the street at <laughs> kind of a like too fast speed. And it is, <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's it. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next week when we watch Halloween. <laughs>